Welcome back, everyone. This is Jeffrey M. Roach, and I am excited to be here with you as we add up health up and transform healthcare through innovative education and workforce solutions. I am truly excited today as we have Chris Burns, founder and CEO of Intern U. Chris, it is so good to have you here with us on EdUp Health Up, and, and uh, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about yourself, uh, as well as the work that Intern U does as a starting point. Okay, great. Well, Jeffrey, thanks for in inviting me to this podcast. Excited about it and the work that you've done um, in the past, and I'm, I'm hopefully I can add some value to it. Um, and uh, give some of the uh, folks who listen to the podcast uh, a different way of thinking about things as they look to grow their workforce and how they can take advantage of some great young talent out there that's looking for opportunities to learn and get experience in the healthcare uh, field and their path they're going to go down, whether it's healthcare administration, becoming a, a medical doctor, a physician, a, a physician assistant, a nurse, or a rad tech, a rad tech assistant, whatever they their goals are. So, okay. So um, one thing that you know we talked about in the past and uh, past couple of weeks, Jeffrey, is the history of Intern U and how it came about, and 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 the exciting work we've done in the Philadelphia area and also outside of the Philadelphia area, um, and and the expansion that we're looking to do to help as many folks who want to go into the healthcare field uh, across the country. So intern, you really started out of another company that I founded back in 1991. I was 24 years old, had an opportunity to uh, start a, uh, a technology company. Uh, I was, um, I was recruited out of Westchester university to work for AT&T, worked there for two years, got some great training. And in 91, an opportunity to start a company with a couple of um, other gentlemen. And we were, Back then, Jeffrey, as you know, now it's cool to own a technology company while you're 24 or 18 or 19. It's pretty hip. Back then, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't hip looking, looking young. And we looked in experience in, in the eyes of 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 the folks we were, you know, selling to. But long story short, we um we always had the attitude of you know um, my philosophy has always been the three C's, right? And I carry that on since '91. The three C's. It's a very simple philosophy, and if companies follow it, and the really the strong ones really do, um, is you take care of the client, right? That's your number one aspect. You're, you're solving a problem. You're solving a problem that the client has, right? That's why they're engaging you, right? You don't go to a, a shoe store to buy a pair of shoes when you really don't need a pair of shoes, right? So you go there when you need a shoe or sneakers or so on and so on. Or when you you know put a roof on your house, you're not just going to go put a roof on your house, period. You're going to solve a problem. And that person solve the problem has to make you feel good. Right. That's taking care of the client. Right. And then we have a philosophy focus on the company the client works for and also what you work for. So that company, you really are an extension of that company. So you basically become working for the same organization. Right. Mm. So if you take care of the client and take care of the company they work for and therefore you work for, yeah. the, the rewards would take care of itself. And it, and it just happens. And we are very fortunate um, to experience over 31 years of that, that, that little simple philosophy has really gained us through all the ups and downs of, of, of basically my companies, right? Because not every path is straight up, you know, and you got to learn how to face those challenges and attack those challenges. Now, the training I got from AT&T and the mentors I got along the way really helped me learn those it really helped me get through some of those tough times right but it was always i always went back to the three c's okay so for example this is so funny that, that you um 
that that you that, that we're talking about the three seasons. Out of the blue, I got a phone call from this gentleman. His name is Vito Michelo. He worked at American Standard. I started working with him in 1994. He calls me up and he goes, Chris, I'm looking for a career change. How can you help me? And I have not spoken to that gentleman probably, I would say, in 15 years, right? Hmm. He went right back to how we always made, made American Standard feel when we worked with them. And wow. he's like, you, he goes, I'm comfortable to tell you, I am at crossroads with my career right now. How can you help me? That's called, you know, to me, that was a, a total foundation of the three C's where he, he saw that I took care of him when he was my client. I took care of his company. And basically, he's like, now, hey, how can you help me moving forward? Which I, which I think was really, really fantastic on that. So the three C's to me is something I still live by today on that Another thing that's extensive three C's is, as I said, I mentioned is the client experience, right? So that that is that is ultimately what makes companies very successful. If companies, I always when I go on campus and I speak a lot, I speak a lot on campuses, but based on in turn you are business model, and I always say you don't start a company to make a lot of money, right? If you're starting a company to make money, you're probably going to fail, right? You start a company to solve a problem. All right. And, and then you got to be very good at solving that problem. Right. And you got to give that client a great experience. Right. And, you know, you just look at the companies that are so successful today. And one always jumps out to me is is Apple. You know, Apple, they were so he was Steve Jobs was so focused on giving the clients an unbelievable experience that he got fired for it. Yeah, he got fired. He got fired following his passion, and eventually they came back and hired him. But that's the that's the that's the mountain range that we that us entrepreneurs who have that that single focus of that client experience. You see, Starbucks, same thing happened. Their CEO left, and it started going down. And because the 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 experience, then they bring him back in, and, and it goes back up again. And it's not magic. And Disney had the same experience uh, recently too. Right. So it's not magic. It's all about the, it's all about that the client experience and then working and protecting that company's values. Right. So that's what I really see in that. So we we really our secret sauce is we become an extension of our clients. Right. So in 2004. Right. I was asked to teach at Westchester University. Um, they're getting their business school was getting accredited and they had an interview. Um successful entrepreneurs that graduated from Westchester University, right? And, and and for their business school. And so I sat down with the Dean of Business, who by the way was my macroeconomics professor, which I didn't do. And I did well, not extremely well in that class. So I asked him, why did you interview me? You had me in class. He goes, actually, you turned out pretty pretty good in life. You're, you're, you're a successful company. You're recognized as a leader in the Philadelphia area in the tech field. And and I think I think we'd be a good you know good conversation to have. But during that lunch, I really talked to him about what Westchester didn't provide me, and what the training at AT and T did, and then what my on job training taught me. Right, and I said there's a gap between um, campus and corporate uh, roadmap. There's a big gap, right? And I said, and unfortunately, and the, and Chris Valentino is, is the he's now the president of the university. He's very dynamic and. And as as you as you know, you know him, you know him just as well as I do. Um, he's like, Chris, you know, why don't you come back and teach? You know, get off your soapbox and teach. So I I, uh, I had to go home and talk to the boss, the wife. And we had we had three kids at the time and no, two kids at the time and one on the way. So I definitely had to talk to the boss, right? And so she said, do it, it's your passion. 
And so I went and I taught a, uh, a, a class that I, I could make up on my own. It was called Entrepreneur Leadership. And basically it was Shark Tank, Jeffrey, before there was Shark Tank. So uh, the, the kids had to start a, a company. Um, so I divided the class, sorry, I divided the class in, in four to five teams, depending on the size of the class. And um, they couldn't be with their friends. So I did a rock, paper, scissor competition. So they all got separated. And they had to come up with a concept that A, solved the problem that they were most passionate about as a group, what they could be the best at, there's, there's following the 3C method, and then the cash will come on those three. So basically, was, class was based off the three Cs. And also a book that I hold uh, dear to my heart is Good to Great, uh, yeah. written by Tim Collins, right? So that, it's the hedgehog theory. And and I didn't make it up. I, 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 it's one of my staples in my conversations to to young folks. You know, you, know, you don't want to wake up 10 years from now going, or 15 years from now going, wow, I have all this cash now, but I don't like what I've done, you know? And we always, I always say fingerprints is your legacy, not, not, not assets, right? And the positive fingerprints you leave behind is your legacy and that's your wealth. So, at, so that class was extremely successful, always got sold out. And what I did is I brought in real investors to judge these, these students. So their class grade was based off of how much money they raised. Yeah, so that we had a we had a D level, we had a C level, we had a B level and A level. So so basically, you they got coached along the way how to present their ideas, how to fine tune them. Now, believe it or not, two actually got funded out of the out of the, out of the thing over four years, right? Serious funding, and we had nothing to do with it. Had nothing to do with it. Um, but the great thing was was seeing that, but also seeing how how eager and how they became alive in that class and. They're like, this is real world stuff. And I remember Chris, Chris comes to me. He's like, Chris, I heard about your grading system. I, I don't know if I can get that past, you know, the board to let you do what you're doing. I go, why not? And he's like, because people are, people are, you know, you're not grading them. I go, I don't have to. He goes, and he starts laughing. He goes, once again, it's like, you want a group project. You're the presenter, but everybody else is doing the work. I said, no, Chris, I go, this is real world. Yeah, I said this is the real world. And he's then he's like, oh my god, you're you're so right about that, right? So and and the thing is, the reason why I bring that up is because two of my trusted clients over the years, one company is SCI Investments, which is a nice size firm, Pennsylvania, uh, very forward thinking. Um, they've been a long term client of my my technology company. They were they they needed to get younger, right? They're like, hey, we need to get younger. Our developers are. They do COBOL. They don't want to do Java. They don't want to do .NET. They don't want to do any. They want to do C Sharp. They want to stick with COBOL. But we had we got to move. We got to go to Java. And he's like, "Can you help me come up with a model that I can instead of me sending software development offshore, I can bring it back onshore using U.S. based resources with offshore rates, right?" Uh -huh. And at the same time, my other good client, Penn Mutual, his name is Terry Ramey. He came to me and said, "Hey, Chris." I love to do. I love for you guys to do software development, but I needed an offshore rate. So I'm like, hold on. Now this conversation, Jeffrey, happened within four days of each other, right? And and these guys became friends through me on golf on uh, golf outings, right? And I'm like, hold it. Did you, John and Terry, did you two get together and come up with a challenge? He goes, yeah. It's time to pivot your company. And one thing I always tell advise young young entrepreneurs is that you got to always be able to change with the animal. And or 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 the animal's going to eat you, right? And, I, and that's not my philosophy. It's a great mentor of mine. His name is Tool Tucker. He told me that philosophy in 1993, right? Wow. 
we had we had we we came out of gangbusters in 91 92 and we hit the skids in 93 and he's like you guys gotta you guys gotta evolve with the animal or the animal's gonna eat you so from that day on every three years i'm like we gotta do something new we gotta mm-hmm. we gotta put a twist on something right so um and they use that philosophy against me they're like hey burns you gotta do something new you gotta get out of your comfort zone and but they said the key is offshore rates i'm like how am i gonna get a us-based professional software developer that I that I pay twelve to fifteen dollars an hour, and I bill at twenty five to thirty. Impossible. So I'm sitting there one night during class, and it hit me. What if I hire college kids? Because these kids are really smart. Because I was blown away about the progress they had throughout the presentation process. And I I met with Chris Valentino, and I met with a uh, uh, gentleman uh, Evan Leach, and he said, um, "Yeah, I think our kids could do it." So I met with the dean of comp sci at at Westchester, you know, they say they could do it. Now, Jeffrey, we all know that people think, you know, their babies are pretty, right? I'm like, okay, your babies are pretty, you know? And I was like, I don't, I, I don't know. So I went back to, to to John and Terry and said, I think we can, we can do this. I go, wow. but I don't know if it's going to work. So I hired, I hired a couple of professional software developers. I used my project managers for my other company and mm-hmm. I hired probably a dozen undergrads to do software development. Right. And they did it at our, at our, at our office place. And in, in, at the time we were in King of Prussia and um, they knocked it out of the park. And I'm like, hold it. We got something here. We got is, something. That's is that what started Jobology? Inter- that's what started Intern U. That's what started Intern U. That was the focus of Intern U. My other company is called IDC Partners. So I'm like, this is a different company. This is a different focus. We This is not IT infrastructure. It's not technology consulting. This is a software development company. So, um, and there, what started the program Jobology was basically seeing that gap. Now I could really fill that gap. So the thing was, is now I'm hiring a bunch of kids. We're growing, right? And I see that they're lacking that that um, that roadmap, right? And it, they don't really utilize some of the assets that higher education has. And sometimes higher education falls down to those assets of student services. They'll tell you point blank, right? It's underfunded. The program, their, their departments are underfunded. And it's not, it's, it's not, it's, it's not a secret, right? Highest turnover rate underfunded department in the, in the, in the, in the university. So we started filling that role by giving them professional development workshops and doing team building activities. So I'm like, oh, let's formalize a program for these undergrads and grads that we can then pay them to go in these professional development workshops, to go in these team building activities, to do these health wellness activities, to really make them well around it, put it, put together a mentorship program that I had when I first started my, my company and really gain that, have them really embrace mentorships, right? And how they can really utilize them to better themselves. So that's how Jobology was started. So the program was, they got paid to do all these events and when they completed it, they got a $500 bonus that we were hopefully they would use against their student debt, right? Yeah. But then I'm like, hold on, let's take this to the next level. Let's go to our go-to university partners who really embraced our model. We put together a scholarship program called the Fingerprints, Interview Fingerprint Scholarship Program. We guaranteed $50,000 in scholarships, these folks. And our goal was to get that to a million. Wow. Yes, that is one of my goals. And basically, I want to um, split off that and make that into a pure nonprofit and really grow that. That's awesome. 
and run run that as a typical a, a separate entity as a nonprofit and really have our clients get really involved. Now our clients are involved in our job biology program. They yeah. participate in workshops. They participate in team building. They love the they love the mentoring program of that. So yeah. I'd say around 07, one of our clients, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, technology clients, they 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 love the model so much they they came to us and say, hey, Chris, can we utilize your model? I'm like, sure, what software development projects do you have? Like, we don't have any. But we, we have a need that our, we're developing a program with Cincinnati's Children's Hospital called Radiology Reading Room Assistance. I'm like, what the hell are those? What do they do? And he's mm-hmm. like, they're air traffic controllers. They sit in between the, the radiologist and the phone and the referring doctor and the ER and the OR. They're, they're the ones who triage all the calls. Because I did not know this. The um, If it... If a, if a, Radiologists get interrupted during a read, right? And sometimes reads can take an hour to hour and a half. They have to start from the very beginning. They cannot, they cannot pause and go back, right? So they have to go back to the very beginning. So therefore now their productivity is down, yeah. right? And so CHOP saw this, uh, this ability to keep the radiologists no. happy. Error. What's that? And the chances for error. Oh, the chances an interruption it uh, increases the uh, chances for error by forty one percent. Yeah, that, that's just a fact. But then you look at the interruptions that they have, right? And and the thing is, if we can triage those interruptions, and we actually did a it's a pretty cool stat where we uh, we looked at how much revenue you can save by having a radiology reading room assistance, right? Because you have to go back and reread that, so that's costing that healthcare system that chance to reread it. And and uh, that's good. Therefore, they can't capture that because they can only get paid on one read. Just because they got interrupted, they're not going to go back to the provider and say, "Oh, by the way, I got interrupted. I had to start over again." So I'm not going to double what I'm going to what I'm going to get reimbursed from the from the from the uh, insurance provider. So yep. it, it was fascinating how much how much money that was, right? And so Jefferson, I mean, Chop said, "We're going to this is going to pay for itself by by." Making making the radiologist more efficient, and at the time, Jeffrey, it was there, there was a lot of burnout that was happening across okay. the board, and 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 not just radiologists, but across the board, because doctors were, felt like they were not um, practicing medicine anymore. They're tied to the technology, right? And so they loved it because then they could practice medicine more, where they their their passion is. But more importantly, we saw that they loved to teach younger folks. So yeah. that that became very successful. Now that was basically chop, right? We didn't go out, we didn't put that model together. We're still growing our technology business and so on. We were doing, uh, we, we built a nice size help desk that was supporting um, uh, national companies, international companies, seven days, seven days a week, uh, wow. 24 hours a day. And so uh, one of the leaders from chop that got recruited to go to Jefferson and he calls me up and he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to Jeff. I'd like to take you guys with us. I'm like, great. You know, that's, Thank you for thinking of us, right? But he's been a long-term client of ours. And he goes, Chris, you know that outsourced model that you did for NovaCare and technology? Yes. Do you know the one you did for GMAC? I'm like, yeah, I want to do that at Jefferson. I want to outsource a department to you and see how well this model works. Okay. And he goes, you have to hire the same guys and girls that you hired at CHOP, but you got to bring them over. You know, you got to build a team just like you did the CHOP, right? I was like, Perfect. And so we, uh, he goes, but you have one caveat. You gotta, you gotta convince our, our, um, our chief on your model. Said, okay. So Dr. VJ Rao, she's a big, big fan now. She's a, 
She was she was uh, she told me she's writing a white white paper on her model on the success we had Jefferson, which is a separate subject. But but I went and met with uh, Dr. Rao and I told her the model and I told her about jobology and she was blown away. She's like, hold on, you're making you put together a really interesting model. I love that you're using allied health students to support this. I love that you're encouraging them to go to medical school, PA school, and you're going to help them along the way and prepare them along the way for their MCATs and for their application process and getting them referrals and all that good stuff. She goes, but the business model of investing that much money, it's around $1,800 a student that we invest um, undergrad grad, we call them jobologists. And she's like, how do you recoup that money? It's not, it doesn't, it's not a sound business model. I said, Dr. Dr. Rao, we've been doing this since 2006. This is back, uh, this is five years ago when I first met Dr. Rao. So it's been working for us pretty well up until now. And she goes, I love it. It's crazy. You're crazy. I like working with crazy. Let's do this. Right. And so we launched that model. Right. And our first second status meeting, we have Dr. Rao. She goes, Chris, this is amazing. We had all this noise from the image library services on seven and three and then a Methodist where we were. She goes, we hear nothing anymore. All we hear is praises coming out of your group. I go, why? He goes, I go, what, what do you hear? She goes, the people are really nice. They treat our patients and doctors. With respect, yeah. I'm like, that's the three C's. Yeah, and I explained her the three C's. She's like, oh my god. She so a year a year goes by. We have our year anniversary status meeting. She goes, Chris, can I ask you a question? How's it working out at Jeffrey? I hear great things that you're into all these other departments. She goes, how many jobologists do you have here now? Hmm. Said, we have close to eighty. And she goes, what? I go, we have close to eighty. She goes, why? And she starts laughing. She says. Well, I guess that investment did pay off to you for you, huh? I go, I go what, the $1,800 per student? She goes, yeah, I go, exactly. I go, here's the thing is, you give these young folks a path and a yeah. platform, right? And you give them encouragement, yeah. right? And you show them the right way to do things. You're going to build a great, great foundation of, 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 of should we say, outcomes. Yeah, and that's what they produce as outcomes. And, and the thing is, they then take them to the next step. Because we talk about, one thing I, I learned early on is um, one of my mentors at Tool Tucker, when I first started IDC Partners, this is many years ago, we, we had a very good first year, very, very good first year. Uh, we funded the company ourselves. We had no outside funding, right, period. And um, he told me that we were six months into the thing and he calls me up. He said, Chris, you need, you need to come meet with me there in Washington, D.C., Georgetown. So I drove down from Philly to Georgetown, wondering why he wanted to meet with me. Never told me why, right? So we go to lunch. Now, now I'm on pins and needles, right? And he sits down and he goes, you owe me. I said, excuse me? He goes, you owe me. I go, what do I, half the company, two-thirds? What do you want a tool? And he goes, oh, no, I don't want your company. I got my own company. He goes, anybody who ever asks for help, you got to help them. Yeah. I'm like, great. He goes, what? I go, my mom was an my mom's Irish Catholic elementary school teacher. Like, what do you think I'm born and raised to do is to help people. Now you put this on top of me that I owe you. And now I'm going to, so that's why I'm, I always tell folks that you always owe people moving forward. Right. And yeah. people, and people want to help you. And we, we have a whole workshop around this, Jeffrey is people want to help you. Only 95% of the people 95% of people want to help. Only 5% ask for help. And I always, when I speak at colleges and even high schools, I go, why do you think people don't want to ask for help? And the main, the, the major the majority of the answer is, I don't want to bother that person. 
And I'm like, they, we want to be bothered. We want, we want to help you. So within the intern you network today, how many jobologists would you say, you know, are out there? Because mm. they're out in other environments too, right? I mean, other hospitals, not just oh, Jefferson. How many yeah, total? I'd you know, say other hospitals, other technology companies. Um, I would say we probably have, I can just do it real quick. Uh, just do it Probably close to over 2,100. Wow. Wow. Um, since intern you started, roughly, I think on your website, if I remember correctly, I saw a number of their like 17, 18,000 students that have been impacted. Is that, right. am I, I mean, that, that's, that's, I mean, that's phenomenal when yeah. you look, you know, when you look at the model that you've built, because uh, you're really bridging industry with education. Uh, and to, you know, having also been a professor, um, you know, I always say that at times in higher ed, we have to remind ourselves that that uh, we've got to bring industry into higher ed instead of higher ed thinking what industry needs. We've got to bring industry in. And what you've done is 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 really done that uh, extremely well. You know, I'm curious when you look at particularly and I know you've shared this with me before, uh, you know, these students. Um, they're they're at times doing it as internships, but then other times they're doing it as a job mm-hmm. and allows right. them door open uh, to then go on and grow. Um, I'm just curious, like, are there any stories from some of the jobologists that that come to mind that job, you know, the work they did with intern you is what allowed them to become an, a doctor, what allowed them to become a nurse? Any mm-hmm. stories like that that specifically come to mind? I got, I got two, and it's going to hit both the doctors and the technology side of the fence. So I'll first start with the doctors, right? Um, I'll start with the technology. So one of our first software developers that we hired, his name was Bill Evans, right? So Bill Evans was probably one of the smartest people. I, he's just one of the smartest people I've met in my life, right? He could do anything, right? Great personality. It was kind of weird. He's, he has a weird brain because, you know, a lot of developers, strong developers aren't really strong communicators. Well, Bill's both, right? And he, he 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 was raised raised by uh, got to know his whole family right that's that's how we are. His parents are awesome. His sister's great, and I remember um, that when he graduated, he went to LaSalle University. He graduated, and he had multiple job offers right at um, at at a lot of my clients. He worked for me for worked with me for three years right, and he wow. touched a lot of large clients in Philadelphia and outside Philly. He did some great work and. Um, he went to work with uh, one of my good buddies is uh, Pat Kirchie, who invests in this company called Red Lasso. And so Red Lasso, one of them really bad. And I said, Bill, I said, There's, it's a risk. It's a risk. But you, know, you may not have a job in a year. And I'll yeah. just tell you this right now. And, you know, he didn't. He didn't have a job in a year. Uh, they ran out of their funding. And, and, and he calls me up. He goes, what do you think I should do? I said, Bill, you can always come work for me. I'd hire you in a heartbeat. Like, what do you want to do, dude? Follow, follow that. Follow the, the, the uh, good degree. What are you passionate about? I know what you're good at. Yeah. And he's like, I want to start my own company. Wow. I, okay. I'm your first client. He goes, what? I, I'm your first client. And I said, I'm going to outsource you because it's a great story, Bill. Think about it. I have an alumni starting his own company. And by the way, I'll use some of your people on my projects. Yeah. And, and you hit the ground running. He goes, why would you do that? I go, because the tool Tucker made me promise. Right. And he's like, that's pretty cool. You live that. I'm like, I live it, buddy. Now he has one of the fastest growing companies in Philadelphia. 
and he's he's entering his uh, 10th year in business now. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. The Your second, journey. what's that? The journey is is interesting. And, and uh, I want to correct myself. I had said seven. 100,000 students have been impacted through through your programs. Yeah, because we we count them when we speak on campus because we do workshops. So when I go, like, for example, I just did a workshop on Penn State's campus and covered close to 200 students in one day. Yeah. So yep. It, it adds up. And I'm on campus a lot. So yep. if you look at the various things, who went through the job biology program, who who benefited from this. And the thing is, is we tell our folks is you don't have to be part of our community to benefit from us because we will make those introductions. It's crazy. Like I go on campus and, and they're like, you know, I'm not ready for an internship. I go come to the workshop then. Yeah. And like, yep. well, how much does it cost? Like, it doesn't cost anything. Come wow. to a workshop. Wow. You can meet people. And 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 all the SD experts and all the, the things that we've done. Yes, it's it's we've had amazing. It, it's been it's been it's I'm shocked I get paid to do what I do for a living because it's so much fun. You know, and people were like they're like, you're crazy when you you just you just love going on campus. You walk around. I go, I never wanted to leave college. So I started a company that brings me back to campus, right? And yeah. and the thing is, is is I, I got another story about about a student, but I want to talk about a relationship that we developed at Penn State, right? It's Penn State, Maine. Um, we have an office up there, and we have and we have a one of our scholarship universities. And um, and so I was um, Brooke Owens is our main contact. She goes, I need you to be, meet this young lady, Lori. She runs one of our departments. She wants to meet you. She heard about you. She, you're the boss on campus. So uh, Gervish, Lori Gervish, Lori Gervish and ourselves met and we're, she came to one of our workshops and she's like, oh my God, where have you been? And I said, well, I've been in Malvern, Pennsylvania. <laughs> she's like, seriously, this model you built is unbelievable. I'm like, hey, you know, more than happy. She goes, can you come present to my kids? I'm like, yeah, sure, can. So presented, she, she, we got, we, we hired a lot of her folks the past couple of years. So we're sitting there having dinner one night and she's talking to Brooke about this, this program that, that, that Penn State has with uh, alumni, Ali. Uh, he's, he's working at USC Medical School um, and they do something called um, street medicine. So they take 10 to 12 students at Penn State. They go out to California, uh, to Compton, and they provide street medicine to the homeless and to the gang members, right? Yep. Which I thought was the coolest thing in the world. So Lori's like, hey, you know, we got to look at our budget again. So, so on. I said, you're, what's, what do you need for your budget? She goes, well, it'd be great if we'd have an extra $500. Wow. To this would be able to give a better experience for the students. I go, that's all I need is 500. She goes, yeah, I go, done. And she goes, what do you mean? I go, why don't we give you a little more than 500? Let's yeah. give more than that. So we gave her more than that, right? So they can take more students, right? I go, but there's a catch, Lori. I'll fund it again next year. Go, well, here's a catch. I'm coming with you. She goes, oh, it's 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 a done deal. I'm going to have you in LA with, I go, with the gang members. I go, but I just want to see that experience. I yep. want to see those students. And if we can enhance that. So basically she just emailed me last week and says, all right, Bernsey, we're in, we're all set. Um, Amazing. This is what I need you to, this is what I need from you. So that experience is going to be really cool. Wow. There was another, um, uh, we're getting close to time, but I want to make sure that you said there was another, um, was it a, a student that went out? I'm a doctor or something similar. Yes. Well, it's, it was very fascinating. Her name is Michelle Harvey and, and um, um, Michelle's, was one of our first medical scribes we hired, right? 
And um, she was uh, top of her class uh, coming out of uh, Townsend um, University. And she was um, first generation um, college student, if I do recall. And her parents were so excited that she graduated number one in her class, was going to medical school. Let's go to medical school. She's taking a gap year. Okay. So she um, became uh, our, our scribe lead of all of our scribes. And during our one of our workshops, the Find Your Path workshop, um, we were talking about the headshot, passionate about what you can be the best at. Don't wake up with regrets. So, you know, a week goes by after that. She calls me up. She goes, can I come meet with you? And I said, yeah, sure. So she comes out and meets with me. And um, I said, what's up? She goes, uh, I want to thank you for the headshot because you really gave me clarity about what I what my my calling really is. I'm like, oh, awesome. You know, I really cemented that you're going to go to medical school. She goes, I'm not going to medical school. I'm like, what? I go, are your parents in the, in the garage, in the parking lot? Because, because you told me how proud they were of you. I'm like, she goes, no, 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 no. It's all good. I want to be a physician assistant. I uh, saw all, I saw all the work that entailed becoming a doctor. The work that you started the scribe program to combat. And yeah. I don't want that because, but I want to practice medicine. I just want to practice a different way. And you're going to save me and my family a lot of money <laughs> for wow. medical school. And I, I was, I was, uh, that really, I, that really made my day. She's like, if I didn't, if I did, if you didn't host these workshops, I would have never thought that way. Wow. Maybe to when it was too late. And so that was, uh, that was 2008, 2009, when that conversation happened. So she's married, has kids, and she's still a PA. <laughs> You're right. You know, that's that, that exposure, that engagement, mm -hmm. uh, entity that, that she had, um, you know, rather than go on and ha maybe, you know, went on and became a doctor and then, you know, dealt with burnout or dealt, you know, realized it wasn't. The right fit so it, it shows you that experiential learning uh really matters uh, yeah. particularly, uh you know it's the type of industry where it really really matters and so um chris i want to thank you i know uh we could be here for much longer but but i want to thank you for for taking this time to share uh not only the work of of what you and your team have built at intern you but also your passion uh and your yeah. motivation uh for why you do this work uh which mm -hmm. Uh, you know, this is not about wealth, uh, you know, in any way for you. This is truly about impact. Correct. Team have built is is truly transformational. Um, and so I want to thank you for for the time you've done. And, and obviously the stories that you've shared, uh, you know, are, are all, to your point, fingerprints of impact. Uh, Correct. You know, throughout the country and, and, and probably throughout the globe at this point. So thank you as well. And, and um, I want to thank our listeners uh, on EdUp Health Up and want to encourage all of you within the EdUp Network to check out Chris and intern you, uh, particularly for our higher ed colleagues, great opportunity. And for our industry colleagues, great opportunity at the pure intersection of work and learning. And so I want to encourage you to check out intern you and, and have a great conversation with Chris. Chris, thank you again. Great. Uh, thank you for having me, Jeffrey. Looking forward to uh, keep on making things happen. And, and thank you for your podcast. This is awesome. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Have okay. a great day, buddy. You too.